What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Happy to be on here with you on a very busy Monday. And a snowy Monday, too, in Lexington, right? Is there snow on the ground? Yeah, yeah there, there's no snow on the ground here in eastern Kentucky, but I think it's coming. Snow on the cars when I woke up this morning. And uh, it was actually... Pretty clear right now. It was raining a little bit earlier, so it's right around that rain, snow mix. But either way, uh, November 30th, snow on the ground. First time that I can remember uh, this this fall or winter, whatever. I mean, it's going to be brutally cold this weekend. But this is not a football episode. I don't want to get off on a tangent yet uh, <laughs> yeah. for how it's going to be out there. But, Sean, you went through, and, and you did the Lord's work for us today. I didn't go back and watch this basketball game from yesterday, but you did. And your Twitter feed, uh, at GBB Country, is full of good stuff. And right now, I'm just going to open the floor to you, and I want you to just tell us what happened yesterday on your rewatches. Why was it the way it was? Fans get tired of hearing this every single year. I think everybody gets tired of hearing it, Derek. But honestly, I think it was more true yesterday than it has been in a long time, that they're so young that they literally have no clue what they're doing right now. And that, coupled with a weird off season, I think is why you're seeing it kind of magnified, that they're so far behind. Uh, Cal is typically a guy that he runs his baseline runner action. He runs his circle sets. He runs his, his Vegas sets. You didn't see much of that either of these two games. And uh, you know why? Because they're significantly behind on that end of the floor. They don't understand spacing. Uh, they don't even understand spacing in transition right now. Guys are literally just running. I, I, I always compare it to this. The, the kids that I coach, I tell them all the time, I'm like, look, you, you have lanes on a highway, you have lanes on a basketball floor. If two of you are in the same lane, you're going to have a collision. And that's what you had yesterday. There was one, I sent you the video last night, that Sar was rim running, and Jackson, is, it literally looked like Jackson was trying to keep up and defend him. Like he was literally on his back. And then the whole spacing was off for the entire possession. That was the play where uh, Richmond threw the ball behind their back and got a layup on the other end. Uh, just a lot of mistakes that honestly are the good news is every single one of them are fixable. There was nothing that I saw on tape that should make you think or make anyone think that this team won't be good at any point. I think this team is a very talented team. I think they have all the pieces to be a very good team, but it's a team that's young. It's a team that's new and it's a team that they're learning to play without the basketball. All those guys that are on the floor. Well, Star, even at Wake Forest, was ball dominant with a lot of post-ups. But the other four, too, they're so used to having the ball in their hands and doing it themselves. That's a big-time culture shock when you get to a place where you've got to run an offense and you've got to 
have some continuity to it, and you got to have a system. Uh, I think, too, I think effort was a big problem yesterday, but I don't think it was like a lack of effort that they weren't playing hard. I think it was more of a concentration problem. When things would break down in high school, Derek, if they made a – if they made a mistake, usually it was covered up with their athleticism and length when they transitioned back, and you can't do that at this level of college basketball. So the things that I saw, easily fixable, but they're going to be fixable with time. You're not going to see it all covered up Tuesday night versus Kansas. I think the thing that you want to see Tuesday night is sustained effort on the defensive end because Kentucky let their offensive struggles transition to the defensive end of the floor and you had guys get lazy. You had guys out of position. You had guys showing the back of their head, getting back cut, uh, just getting lost, going under screens, getting just a lot of things that at this level of basketball, Derek, Cal says it all the time, you have to fight like hell for 40 minutes. They don't, they're not ready to do that right now. Like they Mentally, they were not ready to do that yesterday, and that's the reason you saw Cal. I don't know if you saw him. He, slammed, he slapped his hand on the scores table one time, and then he turned and kicked the scores table one time those are things that i've not seen from cal but cal also said that he has to be patient with this team he said that after wednesday's win versus moorhead state which is why i want to go back to that too a lot of us were like oh man this this team's going to be good even me i said the same thing cal was saying all these things for a reason Derek. he had his hands on the panic button last week he was saying he was preaching patience after a 40 point win wednesday night he saw sunday coming before anybody else saw it coming yeah he did. And looking at some of these screen grabs that you have on your uh, profile, it's just incredible. These look like they both came from the first half. Am I correct in saying yeah. that? Because UK is in front of Richmond's bench. So on one play right here, Devin Askew has the ball. When you said he got stripped on this play, all five guys, Sean, for Richmond, are in the lane. Yeah. One and, on and five. That's a one on five situation for Devin Askew right there. And look at Askew's eyes. Look at the, the rim. rim. Yeah, there's yep. there's no and, and this isn't, you know, knocking on Askew. Every single guy made this mistake yesterday. Oh, yeah. Clark is that Boston it. right there in the next one or is it Clark? Because uh, it's a Clark. three right there. It's Clark, you got Fletcher wide open yep. in the corner. You got Askew open over here in this corner, although there is a defender. I don't know how it kind of check be, that. that's just Boston because Clark's on the baseline. That's right. Yeah, Clark's yep. on the baseline. Somehow the point guard for for uh, Richmond ended up on star. It might have just been a little rotation. But you have two guys open in the corners who are wide open for three-point shots. And so that's, that's Askew, and it was – you don't have this showing on your thing, but Cal mentioned Davion Mintz. I think he said three times was open for a three on a similar situation to this on well, what could yeah. be a kick out. So I'm with you, like – these should be once Cal shows it to these guys. I would think that would be a pretty quick fix, don't you think? Or is it just so? Well, are they so ingrained in their habits right now that it's going to take time to fix? It's going to take time. Uh, I think the thing that you want to see is you want to see the habits not show up for thirty minutes. You want to see them show up for mm-hmm. twenty minutes, and then you want to see them show up for ten minutes, and then you just keep going down to where you don't see those habits. It's, it's not going to be something that just kind of gets you know, wiped out of their brain. I mean, they are who they are. They've been who they have been for 18, 19 years. It's going to take a while to kind of change that. The play you're talking about there, and if you want to see it, it's at GBB Country, uh, where Clark is literally standing with Sar. Clark standing there prevented anything from a pick and roll. That was actually a ball screen into the middle of the floor, and there's nothing there because Clark is literally standing there. That's actually Clark's man that is standing there in front of Sar. So it just a, it was a complete mix okay, up. Okay, gotcha. 
Yeah, it I was not where he came from. <laughs> it was a complete mix-up. Uh, typically, if that guy's not there and Clark's not there, that's a lob to Olivier Sar on that play mm-hmm. when that guy pulls over and helps. Uh, also, Devin Askew's defender has no clue where Devin Askew is. So that's another play where yeah, you, just, you could you right. could at least kick that out for a three. You got Fletcher on the other side. And another thing, too, that I want to point out on that play, Askew's standing straight up. He's not even ready to shoot. So if the ball goes to him, at least Fletcher's in a stance on the other side of the floor. Right. So you're seeing a lot of that stuff. Uh, same thing with B.J. Boston, standing straight up in the other screen grab. But the other two on the other side are at least down and in a stance. So it's about playing in a stance. You've heard Cal – I think Cal said that today, too. You know, that you guys weren't standing in a stance. Well, it's not just on the defensive end that you stay in a stance. It's on the offensive end, too. Uh, you got to play in a stance. Basketball's played in a stance. That's just how it is. If you're standing straight up, you're going to get beat every single time or you're not going to win your matchup. And that's what I saw – on tape, and I just, and then you could actually see it, Derek. Uh, Cal wasn't pressing the panic button when Richmond took the lead. Kentucky's guys had hands, feet, head, everything on the panic button themselves, because it all became an AAU game. Once they got down, every one of those guys said, "Well, I'm the leader. I've got to go get it." They they didn't run any offense, and I mean, nice. even their ti- their timing was off too. On a lot of screens, they were trying to do that uh, cross screen to get Sar open on the block, and literally they would screen before the ball would even be on the wing, and then Sar would just be covered up. Like the timing, everything's off, the chemistry's off. Uh, they have a lot to work on, but honestly, we shouldn't be surprised. Like I think that this is something. Somebody actually replied to me. And they said you could save this tweet and post it every single year around this time, and you're absolutely right. Whoever said that. I might actually do that, but I will say this. It's magnified more this year, Derek, because they're all new. Uh, Keon mm-hmm. Brooks is not out there. None of these guys have played for John Calipari. And, two, they didn't get the normal offseason that they would typically have. Like I know the guys were on campus, but that doesn't mean that they were getting the normal up and down the floor with contact and stuff that they usually do. Cal would have had a lot of stuff in in June and July that probably wasn't put in until September. Yeah, uh, those, those screen grabs are they're pretty ugly in terms of, but it's what we were seeing though. I mean, it was guys driving the lane or pounding the rock out on the perimeter, not doing much. And then when they decided to drive, it was taking you know you're just not going to finish those shots at this level. But Sean, you had a couple things I know you wanted to talk about with kind of personnel, and one of those lineups that Kentucky used in its first game at the starting lineup had uh, Olivier Sar and Isaiah Jackson. And, of course, last game, Fletcher started. I think we just assumed it was because of Isaiah's – either one, because of Isaiah's ankle, which was rolled, or two, foul trouble. Because, yeah. like we talked about on the Moorhead State postgame, those two guys got into foul trouble. But, How do you feel about a lineup with uh, Jackson and Starr in it together? I think it's going to be something that you you will see, that lineup together. But I think that what Cal's finding out now is that it might not be best for what they're trying to accomplish right now. Uh, it kills their spacing, honestly, because uh, what Terrence Clark and B.J. Boston are so good at, especially Terrence Clark, is getting two feet in the paint. It's hard to get two feet in the paint when you're playing two bigs, and it, it's hard even more when they're trying to run stuff with a four across with their with their elbow or their horn set that they try to get into because you're bringing both those bigs up to the elbows. How are you getting driving lanes You know, for Terrence Clark or Devin Askew from the top if that's what you're doing? Now, when they do a lot of that action – it's either to get a pin down for a shot or it's to post and look for a mismatch or something on the block there with Sar to get him isolated. 
but they weren't doing that very successful other than the first four or five minutes of the game. So I just think that that lineup is something that I don't know, though, if they're going to see it change until Keon Brooks gets back, Derek. I just don't think that they have the guys to plug because technically if you put Cameron Fletcher in there, he's kind of he's kind of a spot offensively, too, where you're not getting anything to space the floor. So you're not really getting anything different if you go Cameron Fletcher or Olivier Saar. Uh, I, honestly, I think that you're going to get to a point here. I don't know how much Dante Allen's going to play, but I think that you're going to get to a point where maybe Cal just says, go in there, kid, and space the floor a little bit. You know, hit hit a shot just to kind of open this thing up. I kind of thought that you'd see a lot of teams play zone against Kentucky. I think you're going to see a lot of teams do exactly what Richmond did. They didn't play a matchup zone. They packed it in defensively out of a man-to-man and uh, kept Kentucky in front of them. I think everybody was in a gap ready to help, and Kentucky's guys aren't experienced enough, aren't, I guess, you know, basketball IQ enough at this level to understand that, hey, there's a guy in front of me, pitch it kick it there's somebody open make the extra pass that's what led to some charges too you saw that three or four times yesterday um, also very confused about the Davion Mintz situation because uh, even, even if he had two fouls in the first half I don't know what happened to his play in the second half either but I know how they got confused that foul that they called on Lance Ware everyone thought it was on Davion Mintz so I don't know how that mix-up happened at the table but I can see how the staff thought that, but it's kind of crazy to think that they couldn't get that figured out sooner. So I don't know if that was kind of just a we forgot to play him, but here's why kind of deal. But I actually expect an uptick in his minutes tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Cal said it took around five minutes or so, I think, for them to even figure out what had happened. And another note on Keon Brooks, you mentioned him. Calipari said today that he's hoping to get him back in another two or three weeks. So this thing went from – we knew he was going to be out the first week in the game, so now we're talking about several potentially more games. It's a Louisville. Uh, that if it's that time frame. Yeah, it, it's a Louisville yeah, game if I you're mean, talking yeah. that time frame. So then what you're November doing, 30th. Yeah, going all the way to December. That game's December 26th, so basically a month away from now. I think what's going to happen, Derek, at some point with this team uh, and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of criticism right now for the way Devin Askew played yesterday, but I did think he was very good defensively for most of that game. And Cal even backed that up today in his presser when he mentioned Devin. But I think that you're to a point that Kentucky is going to be at their best this season whenever Terrence Clark figures out how to play the point, uh, which is scary with his length and with his ability to get to the paint. Uh, I honestly think that that's when they're going to be at their best because then you kind of let Devin Askew be what he is because I think Devin Askew actually will end up being one of the best shooters on this team by the time we get into mid-January, February. That's why Cal's playing Devin Askew so many minutes right now is because Devin Askew is going to get it figured out, Derek, and I think he will be somebody that they can kind of rely on to knock some outside shots down on the perimeter for him. I think that's going to be Mintz's role. I'm, all, I'm almost to the point that I don't think that either of those two are really going to be the point guard. I think it's going to be a lot of Terrence Clark with the ball in his hands in the half court. I agree with that. I think you can do some really interesting things, though. I, I shot a few lines over to you last night uh, with Clark. I mean, you could run Clark, Boston, uh, Fletcher, Saar, and Jackson, or you could throw Brooks in there somewhere. Um, it's just a big lineup you could have. But if you need the shooting, um, I think Mintz and and honestly, Minton Askew might be, in terms of the guys who you know are going to play, uh, might be two of the best shooters. I think Boston will eventually turn it around. I mean, it's very early. We've seen other guys at like Kentucky, Devin Booker, 
Tyler Hero even start pretty slow and then really turn it on. I think he'll probably be along those lines. But I think the exciting thing, and I know people are fed up because it's two years in a row that Kentucky dropped it. Well, three years, really, that they've looked pretty bad in a game in November. If you go back all the way to Duke, beating about 34, and then Evansville last year. But Richmond is a good team. We pointed that out. It's a good program. Uh, They have high expectations this year. They moved into the top 25 today. But um, I think it's still exciting how this team could develop. And it's Kentucky basketball. People can say what they want. They're going to keep tuning in every single game. (laughs) So they're going to watch this team. Uh, develop over time, and they're going to be good. They're going to be good. I, I'm I'm not shying away from that. I'm not backing down from that. There's a lineup that I want to see, and it's just it's one of those things that I think Cal has to be kind of uncomfortable for a moment figuring this thing out. You know, Cal is one of these coaches that he preaches that guys become their best when they're uncomfortable, when they're you know comfortable being uncomfortable. Honestly, I think this might be. One of those times where he has to say it to himself, Derek, because I want to see a lineup that features Devin Askew, Davion Mintz, Terrence Clark, B.J. Boston, and Olivier Saar at some point. That fixes your spacing options. It fixes your you know, shooting because Boston, uh, Mintz, Askew can all three shoot the basketball. I, th- I still think Clark is a capable shooter that you can't just leave him. Uh, Clark's gonna Clark's game, though, I want to see him be a mid-range guy. That's what I want to see him add to this team is that – 14, 15-foot shot, uh, getting to the rim, shooting that floater. But I just feel like that that lineup would be a very hard lineup to stop as long as you can rebound and defend out of it. And I think that they can rebound. I think with Boston and Clark's length, I think they have enough. And with Saar or Jackson in there at the five, I think they have enough length and size to you know not get killed on the glass. Uh, have we had everything we need to on Richmond? Is it time to move on to Kansas? Well, the only, one more thing on Richmond that I will say. Kentucky dropped 10 spots in the AP poll today. That's the same drop that they had last year after lose, losing to Evansville. This was not a loss to Evansville. So I want to make sure that everybody knows that. Uh, I just now finished watching the Atlantic 10. I finished watching uh, Davidson play uh, Texas. Texas, and Davidson almost pulled off that victory in the Maui Invitational. That, that is a very good league with a lot of very good teams in it. Uh, there are teams, Derek, in that league that can make runs into that second weekend of the NCAA tournament and deep into that second weekend. I still think that Richmond will end up being one of the better teams that Kentucky has out of their non-conference schedule. I think when we look at this, I think that we may be able to say that that's the second best team that they're going to play in the non-conference. I, I honestly feel like if Richmond played Louisville right now, Richmond played UCLA, Richmond played Georgia Tech, I think Richmond would beat those teams. Like, that's how yeah. good I think Richmond is. Uh, but I will say this. The ceiling for Kentucky is significantly higher than the ceiling for Richmond. Richmond's a good basketball team right now. You play this game again three or four months from now, and I think it's a different ball game. I think Kentucky kind of you know does its thing and imposes its will, and they understand how to attack matchups. Like Terrence Clark had a significant size advantage a lot yesterday, had no idea how to play because he's never had to go post up. He's always been able just to go blow by somebody and score. You can't do that at this level. Guys are too good. Even the guys that play at mid-major schools or non-power fives, they're, they're college basketball players. They're Division One for a reason. And when they've been in a program and a system, they understand how to play. And I just think that yesterday, Richmond knew how to punch. Kentucky didn't know how to take a punch or punch back. Uh, what you saw is Richmond hit them. Kentucky kind of panicked. And they'd never been in that spot before, Derek. It's the same thing like 
if, in our lives, if we do something that we've never done before, it kind of takes us a while to figure it out and figure out how to get a plan and to attack it. I mean, look, when we started this podcast, we were like, oh, my goodness, how are we going to do all this and all this plan and all this stuff? And sometimes we're getting stressed over it, trying to figure out how we're going to fit things in, but then you make it work. So this is a team that over time you're going to see them get better every single game. Uh, they're going to get better going into tomorrow night. I think they're going to play better tomorrow night. Now, will they win? I don't know. Uh, I think it all depends on they got to hit some shots. I think that's what it boiled down to yesterday is Kentucky didn't make enough shots. Uh, if they made those two-footers that they missed, and if they made a couple more free throws, game's probably different, or at least you had some pressure on Richmond. But once Richmond took the lead, Kentucky had no chance when that clock started ticking because they got away from who they were. And that's another thing, too. They don't 100% know who they are right now, Derek. They have no idea if they're a post-up team through SAR or if they're a pick-and-roll team. Cal has no idea how this team plays. I know the one thing that I've seen them do a lot this year so far is they'll run that baseline pin down for with SAR, and then they'll run Boston over the top of it. That was not there yesterday because Richmond watched tape from Moorhead. So that's what you're seeing now, too, is these guys are kind of getting to the point where these things that were wide open, now teams are taking those things away, and you've got to learn how to play. And that's what I want to see over the next few weeks. But here's the difference. you got to grow up fast. The schedule's not easy. It's not tomorrow night, Champions Classic, Kentucky, and Kansas will play in Indianapolis. He's the side of this year's NCAA tournament. Um, and it will start on time. But it will start yeah, on time start. this year. <laughs> 9.30 p.m. Uh, of course, Duke and Michigan State will be the game before that. But this is an interesting Kansas team. I was reading a story earlier today from Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader. If you just look at his Twitter page, the the tweet for Kansas, no top 20 recruits on this year's team, only two in the top 50. And then the two leading scorers for this season, neither guy even ranked as a top 100 recruit. Uh, you can find that story at Kentucky.com. He goes into detail on every single player on their team. Uh, really kind of an interesting group because most years you can kind of point out you know, Kansas a lot of years will have one of the top players in college basketball, and I don't think that's really the case this year. No, it's not, and Kansas has kind of taken that you know different approach. It's an approach, too, Derek, that I think a lot of Kentucky fans kind of come back with all the time, like why doesn't Cal – uh, you know, recruit more guys that are going to stay a few more years. Well, Kansas is in a spot right now. This is still a team that's ranked, I think, now seventh in the country in the new AP poll. Uh, so I don't think we know a ton about Kansas. Uh, Gonzaga obviously exposed them defensively the other day. I mean, put up 102 points on them. But also, I don't think you're going to find many teams in college basketball that are as efficient on the offensive end of the floor as uh, Gonzaga is. So Kansas is going to be going into a matchup where you just probably you faced one of the most efficient offenses in college basketball to a team that has no idea who they are offensively. I still think, I still stand by that I think B.J. Boston will have a big night tomorrow night. I just feel like that that's the type of guy that Kansas really doesn't have someone to match up with. Uh, I would say Terrence Clark, but I think that BJ is going to kind of get it going. I don't think that he's not going to be 0 for 7 from the three-point line. You're not going to have many stretches like that with him. He can shoot the basketball. Uh, the one he hit, he hit the shot yesterday that would have been a three if his foot hadn't been on the line that looked in rhythm. So I think BJ is going to have a big night there. I just don't know if it's going to be enough because once again there were a lot of mistakes and you can't fix that in 24 hours. It's going to be one of those things where if Kentucky can get some easy baskets, Kentucky wins this game on the defensive end of the floor tomorrow night, not the offensive end. They win it on the defensive end of the floor. They use their defense to run out and transition. That's another thing, too. 
Cal pressed a lot against Moorhead State. You didn't see that much yesterday. You saw it late when they got down. I want to see him use this length defensively, do some things to maybe make it easier on his guys. If you start doing things like that, the mind stops thinking too much. Then you're just reacting. That I, I think that might be the best thing right now. But I, th- I still think Kentucky's biggest improvement you'll see is after Tuesday when they got six days, five days to kind of figure some things out going into Georgia Tech, and then you got a week going into Notre Dame. That's where you're going to see. It's kind of Camp Cal before Camp Cal, if it makes sense. Because you're not going to get that typical thing during Christmas break that you usually do uh, with the Louisville game the day after Christmas. But I still think that Kentucky will be significantly better tomorrow night. And Kansas has its, has its defensive issues. Bill Self talked about that this morning. Yeah, gave up 102 points to Gonzaga. Interesting, that was the first game of the season for Kansas. That's a tough <laughs> first test playing Gonzaga, the number one team in the country. They bounced back on Friday, had a pretty easy win over St. Joe's. They put up 94 points that game, Sean. So Matt tells me they're averaging 92 points. And this uh, is a team too. Yeah, and this is a team too that they they were in Florida and then they went straight to Indianapolis. Derek, so they've been traveling. It's not been a normal travel. Bill Self, uh, Bill Self actually talked about that this morning, that literally when they finished games, guys had to go back to their hotel room and be alone because they couldn't do any social you know, social gatherings. They were actually going to go out, I think he said, on like a some kind of, on a boat tour type thing, uh, but they were going to have to take three boats, and he said that he didn't think the university would be too thrilled with him if they had to uh, pay that type of money. So they ended up not doing anything. So here's a team that's been in a hotel for pretty much the entire holiday, and now a hotel in Indianapolis. You know, what's their mindset going to be like? Here's Kentucky, who's been at home, and you're just, you know, up the road. So maybe some fresh legs compared to what Kansas has had? I don't know. I'm looking for anything right now in this type of weird year. Any kind of edge you can get, you take advantage of it. No question about that. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say Kansas wins tomorrow night. Um Again, I'm not so caught up in the wins. This is going to be a good team that they're going to play, one of the better teams probably on their schedule. So I'm just looking for improvement, Sean, things that they don't have so many of those. I mean, definitely got to start moving that ball around. You, you can't have – and it probably won't happen again. It's very rare that you wouldn't have an assist and a half. Um, play some better team basketball. Compete. Be in it. Play hard. And if they come up a little bit short, that's fine, you know. So – We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Do you have any predictions on how this game goes? I think it's such a hard one to predict because I, I don't think we know. Not really sure we know who either team is. Bill Self did make that point this morning. I actually I agreed with him 100. I was on the Zoom call with, with 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 him and some other media, and he said, "Here's the thing that I want everybody to kind of take away." Is he said, Can't, "He said we're not who we're going to be." later in the season, and Kentucky's not who they're going to be. So I think he's kind of putting it out there that neither of these teams, and they, neither one of them are at any point. You know, Duke's not who, who Duke's going to be. Michigan State's not who Michigan State's going to be. But I think it's more true this year, Derek, for both of these teams in this matchup that I can't, I don't know, I don't really know who has an edge. Kentucky, I think, clearly has an edge when it comes to talent. I think Kansas clearly has an edge when it comes to guys who understand how to play college basketball. Uh, you have two really good head coaches. I just here's what I want to see. I want to see Kentucky fight. I want to see Kentucky play this game like they're pissed off. Honestly, I mean they put up an awful performance yesterday, especially in the second half. I'm kind of leaning Kentucky by a couple of points, just because 
there's been games in the past where I didn't I didn't think they would compete with Kansas in the Champions Classic in Chicago three years ago, and they they did with Hami and Shea and all those guys when they were super young. Uh, I'm going to lean Kentucky. I'm going to go Kentucky by three. And the only reason I'm going Kentucky by three is I don't think that they can play as bad offensively as they did Sunday, and I think that they do have the talent to kind of stick around in this game and kind of make up for some of those flaws that they have offensively right now, but they have to trust one another and play together. Yeah, I don't know where I kind of want to pick on a score because, like I said, Kansas has been very good offensively. I think Kentucky's defense can present some challenge for them just to win. I think it's going to present a lot of challenges to pretty much everybody they play. I mean, how many teams are you going to run up against that has the kind of athletes Kentucky can throw against them? Uh, most teams aren't going to have that, so I think it'll be a challenge in that regard. But in terms of being able to put up points, I think that could be a challenge just for Kentucky as well. But, again, no huge – Expectations for me tomorrow. I'm not gonna. I guess at a certain point, wins and losses are definitely gonna matter in terms of seeding. But at this point, three games. It's gonna be three games in. I'm just not gonna get so caught up on wins and losses because I think the process is a much bigger thing at this point. It is. It it is the bigger thing, and and I think you hit it. You know, on the head earlier when you said you're just looking for improvement. Because I think that's the the thing that you go to. But I, I honestly, I don't think any Kentucky fan needs to go into tomorrow not thinking it's a game that Kentucky cannot win. Uh, I also don't think that any Kansas fan should go into tomorrow not thinking it's a game that Kansas can't win. I think it's two teams still figuring themselves out. I think how the game's played early could dictate it. It's also going to be a game where there's no fans in the stands. Derek, this will be the first time there there's no fans in the stands tomorrow night. Uh, be the first time for any of these guys, especially Kentucky's guys. I think did that event have fans in the stands in Florida? I don't think it did. Did it? The one that Kansas I don't think was so. part of. But from what I watched of it, it would be surprising to me if, if it did. Just the way the setup was, it also made it a little bit hard to tell. So that'll that'll be something to watch too. Is you know how what's the energy like for these guys? I I think in, in such a year like this, you've got to figure out a way to kind of get yourself hopped up. Uh, these guys are going to be on national TV in a primetime spot. We've seen a lot of Kentucky freshmen rise to the occasion in this game, Derek, in the past in this Champions Classic. Tyrese Maxey last year, but they had more experience last year. I just think this is a game where you're going to have to lean on Olivier Sar early again. Uh, and he's another guy, too, that I thought he let his mistakes kind of bleed over to the defensive end, too. And I, I think he looked like a freshman at times. But we also have to keep in mind, he kind of is when it comes to this roster because he he's done none of the stuff that Cal's asking him to do. So looking forward to seeing exactly what Kentucky does tomorrow night and how they kind of you know try to bounce back exactly from uh, this loss to Richmond. But I don't think that any fans should have their their hand on the panic button right now, Derek. I agree with that. I mean, I think that was kind of our message yesterday. Um, things we were talking about, and you know, it's going to be a I don't know. I really just don't know what to think of them right now because I think Cal, I mean, it's just hard to, pre, pre, uh, to preach patience. I understand that because for fans, I mean, it's a year in and year out thing and maybe they're tired of dropping games early. They don't want to be in that spot. You know, you see some teams come into the year playing good basketball. Gonzaga, I mean, use them for an example. Most of their guys are back, but they added Nimhard. They added Suggs, two impact guys right away. They come out and they're rolling. Whereas with Kentucky, I can get the frustration that you basically just hope that Cal will figure it out because he's kind of proven it over and over again. So you hope that at a certain point it's going to click for these guys. Come March, you'll have a chance to go out and win it. 
and some people like being dominant here from start to finish. We've seen some Cal teams do that. This is not going to be one of those teams. We know that. So for now, I would still say trust the process. If it gets to a point a month from now, they still look bad. Criticism is probably more fair than to kind of evaluate how he's doing things and whether that's still viable today. Yeah, and this is this is a game, too, tomorrow night where backcourt is going to dictate a lot. I mean, Kansas has a lot of guards. Uh, to uh, Olivier Saar in the post, I said I think that Kentucky kind of needs to get him going. You know, Kansas has David McCormick. Uh, I think he, he played – he played in the game at Rupp two years ago, didn't he? Do you remember? Well, he did. Yeah, big big body, 2018 class. I would say yeah. he would have been out there, yeah. Yeah, 6'10", 265. Uh, that's the guy that I think Olivier Sar is going to see a lot of tomorrow night. And honestly, I would favor Olivier Sar in that matchup, Derek. That's why I think that I still predict Boston to have a big night, but I think that Sar could establish something early, set the tone, fix these spacing spacing problems. We saw that yesterday when they went to him early, when he had space to operate, he was fine. What you have to have now is you have to have guys hit some perimeter shots. You can't just not hit a three. You've got to have – that has got to be in your game some way in your offense. You can't go – even though they took ten, which is why I said don't panic yet because they technically didn't even take any, and a couple of them were just awful threes. Boston – Cal called an isolation – at the top of the key, and Boston literally did some and one move and then pulled it from about 23 feet, and I thought Cal was going to lose his mind. In the second half, that was another thing, too, that I'm actually going to put up some video and some screen grabs again from the second half because everything I put up was from the first. When the game got tight in the second half, the play after the Richmond kid threw it behind his back, the next play they come down and Terrence Clark takes a contested three with 20-plus seconds on the shot clock. Like... Ball screen, guy goes under, and he pulls it, and no chance. It's just shot selection and those things. Kansas is going to make a run at them a couple of times. It's how do you start, and I just think that if Kansas goes ahead, I want to see does this team trust one another enough, Derek, to kind of figure it out, or do they kind of revert and kind of do this one-on-one thing again? Because I think if they do, Cal might leave some of them in Indianapolis. He's going to be so mad. And he keeps saying to be patient, but we also know – He's patient, but he doesn't have the patience of Job here. Like, this is kind of – this is yeah. a guy that – and honestly, in a year like this, it's kind of hard to tell yourself as a coach, be patient, because you don't know when you're going to have a two-week pause. That's that's true, too. I mean, it's a frustrating time for everybody. And, and after this game, they're, they're off until Sunday, right? That's when they play Georgia Tech? Yeah, they are. So that, they'll have a few days then to – I think you'll see uh, certainly much better progress from – you know, Wednesday uh, to Sunday versus, I mean, like, like we said, they played a game, Sean. They just pretty much wrapped up the game 24 hours ago at the time I'm of recording gonna, this. There's only so much you can do in a and, day. And Brandon Boston was in the gym last night at 7.30, 8 o'clock, which was a very good response, Derek, that he had it on his Instagram yeah. feed. You know, that I th- he I, I can't remember what his caption was, but it stood out to me because I was like, you know, that's exactly what you want to see uh from a guy that's supposed to be a leader before he even knows how to be a leader. Uh, it says, work in progress, is what he put. And I, I agree with it, 100%. That's the kind mm-hmm. of attitude that you want to see. I'm willing to bet that we're going to get the John Calipari tweet at some point that we had a really good practice today. As he's going to say something along those lines. <laughs> I'm interested in seeing, though, did they go hard today or did they go slow? I don't think that you could go into this and kind of lay back. I think you had to go full speed today because they need it. 
So uh, interesting approach. I don't really know what approach that Cal took. I know that they were practicing at 1 o'clock today, so they're already finished. So I, you might be getting a tweet at some point this evening. Maybe we'll see how good I am at that and see if he puts it out. But it's typical. He hasn't. He really hasn't addressed the fans like he typically does after a loss. So I think that might be coming. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, Sean, you got anything else you want to throw in here before we – no, and, well, one thing, too, is yesterday we knew that Cal wasn't going to be available for postgame. Uh, we knew that before the game that it was going to be an assistant coach, so I don't, I don't think that it was you know a big fuss about it. Sure, you would have liked to hear Cal talk about it, but this wasn't uncharacteristic of Cal to do uh, to not do postgame when he's doing one the next day. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he uh, probably would have made more sense to have just flipped it and had him do the post game and had Joel do today. It would have. They did. But uh either way though, this has been uh an episode that I'm just trying to think through these things pretty much while we were sitting here talking. I didn't have too many strong opinions. You watched the game again. How many times did you say you watched it? <laughs> counting the lifetime. Times? It's just, I've watched it three times counting in person and I'm not finished yet. I'm gonna go back and watch it again. <sighs> So you've really dug into it. You've, you've provided, I think, great analysis on this podcast as to why some of the things happened, how they can be fixed, but it's going to take time. It is, and that's something that I'm going to do every single game. I, I do it even before we were doing the podcast as I dive into it from a basketball side. I, I like to just dissect it, look at it, you know, see what they what they were seeing, and uh, kind of figure out ways to improve. And there's times that I've watched games, Derek, and I knew that they had no chance to kind of fix things. This isn't one of those times. And that's what I hope that fans kind of grab grab onto. And I, I honestly very pleased from a media standpoint, too, that people are melting. There's meltdowns. But honestly, I think this fan base has kind of gotten to the point, Derek, that they know how this story ends, uh, that they'll have it figured out when it's time to have it figured out because a lot of seen a lot of reaction go, look, this this isn't something that we haven't seen before. I think a lot of te- a lot of people actually anticipated that they could lose that game yesterday, even in a normal year. Uh, Richmond was going to be a tough game, whether it was game two or game 15. That was a very quality opponent, and uh, Kentucky will be better for having played it. I don't think that's going to be a total wash. They'll they'll take something out of that. I completely agree, and uh, whatever happens tomorrow night, you know, we'll be here for you. We'll probably record. You're not going. I'm not going, so I'd say once the game's over around midnight or whatever it may be, we'll be uh, over here getting our work done and then recording, and having the takes and I'm just curious to see how they bounce back. Uh, like I said, I don't expect the Kentucky win, but at the same time we've seen them before with their backs against, uh, I know what even say their backs are against the wall right now. It was one game that they lost. It's early in the year. So that's what I'm saying. Like you still don't know what you're going to get from night to night with this team. So again, I wouldn't be stunned if they won, but either way, Kentucky day will be here for you. Sean does a great job. This is really, I know I can tell in your voice, you're a giddy to uh, kind of share what you had seen. And uh, he'll, we'll do that. I'm sure we'll we'll have the post game reaction like we did yesterday. But then come Wednesday morning, I'm sure Sean will be watching the game and he'll be able to come and tell you some more what happened. But unless you have anything else, Sean, we can. I can I can talk out. football. I can talk football, Derek. But I I can really talk basketball. Like that is that is my bread and butter. That is where you know I've been involved with the game since I was first grade. Uh, and I, I just enjoy it. I just enjoy picking it apart. One thing I would like to add, uh, if you want a good look at who I think might be the sleeper team to win the SEC this year, they play at 930 tonight, Alabama. They play Stanford mm-hmm. in the uh, the Maui Invitational. 
So well, I would Stanford's be, supposed to have a decent team this year, right? They, they are. That's a very good game. But I, I honestly believe that Alabama could be the sleeper in the SEC, and I, I think that's going to be one of the two with Tennessee that Kentucky will be competing with the entire the entire mm-hmm. season. But I agree with you there. I was, if there's nothing, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I'll say I was just scanning. I, I thought one of those teams was ranked in the top twenty-five tonight, but I don't. I don't. See Alabama is, I think. For some reason. Are they? Yeah, Alabama. I'm just planting over them. Alabama is. I don't see them on here. Hmm. No, they're not. You're right. They're not. I thought they were during Jeff Goodman's top. I thought 25. there was a number. Okay, yeah. I thought there was a I number on the so TV too. though. Whenever I saw it, but. That's a it's a good basketball team. Nate Hotz has a good team down there, and I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they do. I'm kind of excited to see what all these teams do, Derek, because you, it, they're all navigating something different. It's a weird year. Uh, the Maui Invitational is being played in North Carolina, which is two hours from my house, and Shaka Smart has a full head of hair. So it's 110% a weird year. Uh, but I thought it was a good look for Shaka, to be honest. I do too. That. I think it suits yeah. him. I, I've, yeah. So it's good to know that he was bald by choice. I will say he looks more natural with hair versus Frank Martin now having a shaved head. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird year. Like things are nowhere near what they are. Like I said, we've been at UK games and the people that we typically see, Derek, we don't get to see them this year. It's it's no. been a very weird year. Uh, it's a year a weird year for everyone, but. At least we have college basketball to talk about, and uh, you're going to get a second episode of Kentucky Daily to, today as well. We'll put the basketball one up first because that's kind of the fresh stuff that you're you're in basketball season now at the start of this, and then be looking for the football episode sometime uh, Monday night as well. And then, two Tuesday we will not record during the day unless just something crazy happens, a game cancellation. You know, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, but like Derek said, we will be back to recap whatever happens in Indianapolis tomorrow night. Uh, but he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. A shout-out to the Butcher's Pub who continues to sponsor Kentucky Daily. Once they're back up and running, we'll start plugging some things that they're going to do because I know they're excited, hopefully, to uh, open their doors to the public again. This is Kentucky Daily. We'll catch you next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.